which is happening in the Middle East right now is not what it appears. You turn on the news and you see a real physical battle and it truly is a real battle. However, the Bible tells us as predicted that there will be all kinds of things that surround Israel. And these wars and rumors of wars will only continue to worsen because it is the simple symptom of a spiritual war that is occurring right now, not just against flesh and blood as us making enemies of fellow humans, but rather against principalities of cosmic powers in the heavenly realm. And that is a battle over the souls of men, me and you. Dear brothers and sisters, many are wondering, is this the end of the world? What does this mean for the future? How, how is Yeshua, how is Jesus calling his followers, his believers to act in a time like this? There are many pitfalls surrounding the issue of Israel and Gaza, the war that has just begun there. And we need to get to the bottom of what we should do and how we should respond. I want to submit to you. Before we begin something, Yeshua's heart about Israel. See, so many of there's so many voices, so many opinions, so many people have so many things to say. And there has been a lot of anti-Semitism, may I say, many words that sound eerily familiar to that which was going around during the time of Nazi Germany. And we don't even realize it. Pointing the finger at Jewish people. Let me remind you about what Yeshua did, what he said. He was in the first century there and he said, I have come but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And when he sent out his disciples, he said, go to the Jew first and also then to the Greeks, the Gentiles. He spoke to Israel and despite Israel being a people in the first century that persecuted him, that killed him eventually, that rejected his message. He came to them and he said, I have desired to gather you as my children together, as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. Matthew 23, 37. His heart has been and continues to be behind Israel. And look, Israel is not a people that is perfect. And politically, there is a lot of things to speak about. And there is a lot of complex issues in the Middle East. But our God is who he is. And he has declared what he has declared. And he has made up his mind about Israel. Nothing you say, nothing you think, and no way in which you can twist the word of God is going to change that. Ultimately, I want to say to you something. There is a moment of controversy like this one that occurs once in a while. And it exposes the fruit of our trees. It is a time of testing for all of us to see where we will land. And it is an important question because it will determine on what side of history you land. Because remember, that in the in the heavenly realms, as we speak, there is a library and there are books being written. And this 
these occurrences right now are being recorded and for one day when all the things are over and we are reconciled to our father and the libraries of heaven will be full of what occurred and the decisions that you and me made in days like these god is a god of history he has recorded history for us in the scriptures so we may not repeat the mistakes of the past And so let's use that to our advantage. I want to remind you uh, something about the land of Israel. I want to open up in the book of Genesis 26, verse 3. And we read the following. And this is now the what God is speaking to Isaac regarding the promise of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And we read this sojourn in this land. And I will be with you and I will bless you for you for to you and to your offspring. I will give all these lands and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. I will give to your offspring all these lands and in your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. God has already created the oldest irrevocable deed. In history, the the oldest land deed, the most irrevocable land deed is in the book that is in every drawer. The deed of Israel, to whom was it given? It was given to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then their descendants, the 12 tribes of Israel. You cannot take that away from them. No one can take that away from them. No one can replace them. And anyone who tries to set up in the land is not welcome if God has not made room for them. This deed, you see, if you own the deed to your house, you have the say as to who sets up in the house. Now, yes, God tells us, We should be friendly. God tells us we should give water to enemies. God tells us all of these things. However, the deed belongs to Israel. So the whole conversation as to who does the land belong to is it belongs to Israel because the scripture says it. God says it. And who are we to try and change that? Now, you may say, I don't like that. And you may say there's a lot of issues with that. You may say it's a complicated problem. And and yes, it is a complicated problem. But as to the question as to to whom the land belongs, it belongs to the people of God. And, And you may say, well, Peter, I'm not even sure the people of God are the people who live in Israel. Well, that's okay. Stick for the week. Stick to the weekend because we're putting out a a long in depth teaching, looking through the book of Romans and everything the Bible has to say about who is in the land today and to and to whom it's given. But as for now, I want to submit to you that absolutely the people in the land, even though they are not perfect, even though they just like in the first century, many of them hardened their heart against the Messiah. It didn't change the Messiah's heart towards them. Let me say that again. Throughout, not just from the first century, but from the beginning, from the golden calf. They made idols. They served other gods. They did many things. They sinned. But what did God continuously do? He continuously sought to renew his covenants with Israel. And yes, there was times of judgment. Yes, there were times of 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 rebuke. But God even sent a Messiah to come for Israel first. He is not letting his people go. Don't you think so? Don't you proclaim so? And don't point, don't you toss away God's people when he has not done so? 
And so you may say, well, you know, what, what, where does this lead? Where, where are we with, with all this today? Hamas, I just heard, and the, and the news isn't even reporting much on this, to be honest with you, but they have, their leader have stated something. And he called for the, a mass murder of Jews tomorrow. That is in a few hours from now, Friday the 13th. And I want to pull up this uh, news article. We read the following here. He says, it says this, the National Security Council and Foreign Ministry called on Thursday for Israelis around the world to stay vigilant as Hamas calls for an international day of rage on Friday. Against the background of the sorts of iron war, the Hamas leadership issued a call to all their supporters in the world to hold a day of rage this coming Friday, including a call to go out and harm Israelis and Jews. From this, it is likely that there will be protest events in various countries around the world, which may develop into violent events, says the, read the joint statement. And they recommended all Israelis abroad stay vigilant, stay away from demonstrations, and stay updated with local security forces and possible demonstrations and riots. Dear brothers and sisters, this is what is happening right now. I want to submit to you that the atrocities that are, have been done by Hamas in Israel, look, we can, like I said, and I'm going to say it a few times probably tonight, I am not trying to downplay the complexity of the Middle East relations between Palestine, the Gaza Strip, and Israel. However, no matter what those relations look like, no matter what those situations look like, nothing can justify going in and killing civilians. Look, this is not like normal warfare. Normal warfare is when you go and, and even, even with Russia and Ukraine in the beginning, at least, Russia was going after military targets because that's how conventional warfare is done. You go after military. But now when you go into a country with the objective to kill average innocent people who aren't in the military, there is no justification. And so these who are standing for Hamas in the West, that is shocking to me. And those who are Christians even more so, what are you doing? What are you doing? How can we just, how could we in any way justify the killing of innocent people. How can we justify beheadings of innocent people, people who are just trying to live in their villages and people and they're coming and, and children are being killed. Like, how can we justify this? And like the, the, this, the, the most shocking thing for me has been how there have been even statements made by Harvard uh, students and, and students throughout America standing behind some of these really st connecting themselves to Hamas in stating support. Brothers and sisters, we don't want to have that blood on our hands. We have to be careful as to these is issues and situations. I want to read to you something from the book of Esther, chapter 4, because... We may ask, we may say, well, we're here in the West, we're here in America, we're far away, this is all happening on the other side of the world. What does this have to do with us? And I want to bring something to your table here tonight. Because in the book of Esther, a similar thing happened. See, Esther was in the king's palace, very safe. 
You know, this illusion of safety that the king's palace brought her. But then there was something stated that I want to read to you. It says in Esther 4.13, Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come for the king, to the kingdom for such a time as this. I want to say to you, dear believer, who knows if you have come to the kingdom of God for a time like this. For you to say something, for you to do something, for you to offer support, for you to rise up for the sake of the Jewish people. Do you think the Jewish people at the time of Esther were perfect? Do you think the Jewish people at the time of Esther were perfectly serving God? No, they weren't. But still, there was still a cry, a call to Esther to step in to save God's people in any way that she could have in her realm of influence. And so I want to submit in the same way. Look, God is going to take care of the Jewish people. God is going to provide for them. God is going to protect them because he has for thousands of years. He is not about to forsake them now. He has supernaturally protected them throughout the Nazi persecution and the Holocaust. As recent as that, all the way back to the numerous times the temple were destroyed. They were exiled into the nations, but they have retained their identity. And to this day, now they are restored back to their land, which only happened in the last, what is it, 70 years or so? After World War II, which is a miracle in of itself, God is not about to forsake them. And God's provision over them is, the, is judged by the fruit. It is the evidence that he is for them, that he is protecting them. There is no nation that has received protection like this nation has throughout thousands of years. What? Just think for a moment. Think of one nation that you can think about. One nation that for thousands of years from the beginning has been protected since Abraham. Israel is that nation. And so we, in a time like this, need to stand up and ask, how can we be like Esther to our Jewish brothers and sisters? Now, I want to at the same time add this because I think that this lacks in a lot of these conversations that we have throughout uh, news and, and everything. Look, Israel, we've talked about Israel. At the same time, there are Palestinians, many who are innocent children, who are born into the situation that they are in within the Gaza Strip. And this situation that is so complicated and so difficult, how to resolve it? How could we how could there come an end to it? I want to remind you something about what happened in the in Acts chapter two at the Temple Mount, when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon men. I want to remind you about some of the nations that were present when that all occurred. I want to open in Acts chapter 2, verse 8 here. And we see the following. And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language as they spoke in tongues? Persians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pont- Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, 
Egypt, and all the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretans, and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. For a good reason, God made sure to list these nations in this section because the whole point of the Holy Spirit being poured out was for the nations to come in to the gospel, including Arabs, including Palestinians, including those in the Gaza Strip. You might say, Peter, how could that be? Do not think that God's hand is too short. He came to the Jew first, but also for the rest of the world. And so, yes, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the protection of Israel. We pray so that there may be they, there may be supernatural provision for them. But we also have to remember to pray for those in the Gaza Strip who are in a terrible situation as well. God ultimately desires to 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 bring in. He, remember what we read in the, in the book to bring in the nations. And so, brothers and sisters, let's remember to have a balanced outlook here and to remember to pray for all. Now, uh, I want to remind you something about my last live stream that I did just a few weeks ago. It was, in fact, the Friday, the first um, day of Sukkot, as Sukkot was starting. And I I titled the video, Prepare for Sukkot, Rediscovering the Armor of God. And in that video, I talked about how during Sukkot, we should not be shocked if there is a war. And I was speaking about a spiritual war. I did not, I did not know how, how relevant what I said would end up becoming. And this war, in fact, started in Israel. But my message remains the same to you. Put on the armor of God. And if you want, I would recommend you go back and watch that video where I go through all of the parts of the armor of God, because that continues to be my cry to you. And I'm asking for you this as Hamas is putting out this instruction to kill Jewish people tomorrow. If you're listening to this tonight live, I want to ask you, why don't we do a prayer and fasting tomorrow? Let's pray and fast for this war, for the protection of all innocent lives involved. And let's pray for the protection of Jewish people and anyone else under the radar of terrorism tomorrow. As they set out to bring destruction, let us be the ones to set out to wage spiritual warfare, praying in the spirit because our battle battles fought in the flesh. It, 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 it means little compared to the battle that God calls us to fight in the spirit. Yeshua, when he was in his times of warfare, he pray, he fought in the spirit with prayers, with fastings. And that is the kind of battle that he calls us to fight. Now, Yeshua is crying out there, brothers and sisters. He's crying out for Israel. He's saying, Israel, Israel, I'm calling your name. Come home to me. You see, as long as as until the end of the age, Israel is wondering 
and they're seeking hope, they're seeking peace, they're seeking freedom from their enemies. But ultimately, you know, as they seek it in politicians and presidents and, you know, there's so much talk about, is it going to be this politician? It's going to be this president now. What's going to be the one to bring peace to the region? No one will bring peace, true peace to the region, but Yeshua. And so this conflict cries out and reminds us that the Prince of Peace is the only one who could bring peace one day in Jerusalem. When he sits up his rulership, the one who was crucified and above his head, it was written the King of the Jews. That is the true King who will come back. And so this dependence upon politics and kings will bring us nowhere. Let's make sure to encourage all to look to the king, the only one who can bring peace upon that region. And so many of us may wonder, PDPD, is this is this the end of the world? I want to remind you of Matthew 24. Let's let that Prince of Peace we just talked about answer that question. And he sat on the Mount of Olives. The the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered, see that no one leads you astray. He's saying he warns, he warns. He says, look, people are going to try and lead you astray. They're going to try and put fear in you. They're going to try and, and, and lead you astray as to when the end is. And he says, Many will come in my name saying, I am Christ. They will lead many astray and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed. Let me say that again. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place. But the end is not yet. What? what? The end is not yet, he says. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. And so, brothers and sisters, when we think about wars, rumors of wars, and, and things look dark, and it looks like it's the end of the world, the end is not yet. But ultimately, we know that there will be greater tribulations, greater persecutions, that of which the world has never seen before and will never see again. That must come about first before we reach the end. However, I want to submit to you, regardless, that the timing of this war is no coincidence. We see it fall on the last day of the Feast of Sukkot, that great day, the the eighth day. And when you think about the eighth day and what it means, it has always meant the time of new beginnings. We have seven days in a week, The seventh day is the Shabbat, the day of rest, like the millennial reign of Christ, the the millennium of rest. But then there is an eighth day, a day of new beginnings, the day of the new heavens and the new earth, when everything will be made new, everything will will be restored back. And so I want to submit to you that this war occurring on that eighth day is a sign that this event is one of the puzzle pieces that sets the stage for the end. And how that exactly will come about is going to depend on what happens next. And of course, no one knows what exactly will happen next. There's a lot of speculation. We can try and predict things. 
But I believe that one thing is for certain, that this war will shift things within Israel and the surrounding nations in a way that we haven't seen in 50 years since the last great war that we saw occur there. And so that may mean many things, but we'll see what it means. Many for for a long time, Israel has been tolerating Hamas and they really felt pressured and that they could not do much about the Gaza Strip, Hamas and the whole situation because of external political pressures. The world really have never wanted nor allowed Israel to do much to take any kind of an action. And and at the same time, let's be honest, what does any kind of an action look like? It is difficult to do anything that will not bring destruction, that will not that will not hurt, that will not involve innocent lives, because we're dealing with an enemy that is a a nation that 60% of them voted for terrorists. Now, what that whether that statistic, how many of them were forced to, we know regardless that there is great support for Hamas within the Gaza Strip. And so any kind of an action is such, it is so difficult to do anything about it. However, regardless, this provocation by Hamas has now opened the door for Israel to do some kind of an invasion. And this is what they are going to want to do in retaliation. And it is likely that the world will look upon this and be more, a little bit more soft on Israel because of the provocation that Hamas has brought about in the first place. And this is probably going to mean that Israel's politicians will take advantage of this situation and try and invade Hamas. That is what the talks are right now. And in fact, I want to read to you also this headline regarding what the United States are talking about regarding safe passage. We see this news article here where It says that the U.S. is talking to Israel, Egypt, about safe passage for Gaza civilians, the White House says. Now, you see, everyone is trying to help the Gaza civilians, which which my prayer is, is that the innocent can be saved somehow. But this means that from the U.S. perspective, very likely that the United States is going to allow Israel to do what they feel like they need to do, invading the Gaza Strip. That's why the U.S. wants to get the civilians out of there so that the terrorists can be dealt with. Hamas ultimately has a goal, and the reason they likely invaded Israel is to provoke Israel to retaliate so that there can be a halt brought to the Abrahamic Accords the negotiations that were occurring uh, in September 2023, Israeli tourist minister Haim Katz attended a UN conference in Saudi Arabia, the first ever Israeli ministerial visit to Saudi Arabia. The following week, Israeli communications minister Shlomo Karhi became the first Israeli politician to deliver a speech in Saudi Arabia. Karhi's speech mentioned that the India-Middle East-Europe economic corridor, which among other 
countries would travel through Saudi Arabia and Israel and is seen as a precursor to Saudi Arabia normalization. So in September, just last month, right, there were talks between Saudi Arabia and Israel. There was peace that was coming about in ways that hadn't happened since just about forever. And Hamas, seeing this, wanted to do something to bring an end to those talks and potential peace negotiations. And so, brothers and sisters, I want us to spend some time right now starting prayer, just praying for Israel. And I want to ask you again, please, if it's on your heart, fast for Israel, fast for this nation, fast for the, the war, fa- fast in prayer for there to be protection. Father, we pray, Lord, for all of everyone in Israel tonight, Lord. And Father, I ask, Lord, that there would be peace. Father, I ask that there would be protection. Father, I ask, Lord, that there would be, that you would come with your hand, Lord. And in with those who are fighting the war, Lord, that you would come and bring about a supernatural provision. Father, we pray for those who, who are at the end of at the other side of guns who need, who feel like they need to be pulling triggers. Father, those who are, who are on the, on the side of the, the Gaza, Hamas, Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, that there would be a jamming of guns, Father. I pray, Lord, that there would be a protection, a miraculous protection of innocence. I pray, Lord, that there would be, that, Lord, you would come, Father. And then however you could, oh Lord, however you could, oh Lord, Lord, you know, oh Lord, you know, Father, let there be a way, Father, let there be a way, Father, a supernatural way of protection. Brothers and sisters, I don't even know what I am praying for, but for the Lord to do something miraculous. And and that is what I feel in my spirit is that, and I don't know what it is, but I believe that the Father is going to do something absolutely miraculous in this situation. And that is what I want us to pray and fast for, for his will to be done. There are so many voices, so many opinions, but let his will be done. Let his will be done. Lord, let your will be done. And Father, those who raise their hands against you, Father, those who curse you, Lord, those who come and try and those that spiritual war, Father, the the hand of the enemy upon people. Father, we cut off that hand of the enemy. We cut it short and we ask, Lord, that the demonic influence for that the, those who are trying to the, the demonic sp- evil spirits that of war father i pray lord that there would be an end to that lord that you would dispatch angels father that you would come and you would war against them that you would come and bring an end to their terror father and father i pray for those in america i pray for those in the west i pray for in europe i pray for india the middle east Asia, Father, every end of the earth, Lord, where there is now outcry, where there is protest, where there is other things potentially planned. Father, I pray, Lord, that those plans would fall short. I pray, Lord, that those plans would be exposed before they could take place. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would come and rise up a nation of believers, Father, a nation of people filled by the Spirit, inspired by your Spirit to stand up for you, Lord, for your kingdom and for to the and Lord, I pray, Lord, there will be unity of believers, not strife, not disunity, not fighting, but the believers would come together, oh Father, that they would come together in unity and support, in support 
of one another, Father, and support, Lord, locally in churches to pray, Father, locally online, however, Lord, to pray and stand in unity. Lord, I pray, Lord, for any disputes, Lord, any fighting and any quarrels that the enemy wants to bring among us, Father. I pray for that to be, be torn down and for this to be a time when we are brought together and for this to be a time, Lord, hallelujah, this to be a time for the Jewish nation to see Yeshua, for their eyes to be open to Yeshua, for them to be in a place, if they're in a place of despair, for their eyes to look to the heavens and see where their help comes from, from the one who sits at the right hand of God, for them to see that He is the only one who could be the one who brings peace, the only one who could truly save them, O Lord, the only one who can they put trust in for salvation, but not their own works, not their presidents, not their politicians, not, no, no political revolution, Lord, but the only thing that's going to bring revival about, the only thing that's going to bring peace about, the only thing that's going to bring salvation physically and spiritually to Israel, O oh Lord, is you, Yeshua. And we ask that you would be the one, Lord, to reveal yourself to those soldiers, those IDF soldiers fighting, that they would see you, Yeshua, that they would see you, that they would have dreams and visions of you protecting them, that they would see that you are the Messiah, that you are the chosen one of Israel, and that they would look upon the one whom they have pure, so that they may be saved in their time of trouble. Father, I ask, Lord, Father, as we as we see a rise of anti-Semitism, even Nazism in this world, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would come with your truth and that Christians would stand up for truth, that it would not be like Nazi Germany all over again, where Christians in Germany did almost nothing for the most part. There were so few who stood up. Father, I pray, Lord, that believers would stand up against the persecution of Jewish people. Father, I pray, Lord, that there would no, that as they say, never again, Lord, that no Holocaust would be tolerated again under the watch of believers, but that we would stand up in our government, stand up on our streets, stand up online, and by prayer and by speaking truth, that we would be able to break down the lies, Father, that are coming, the lies of anti-Semitism that tries to turn believers against the against Israel, against the native-born, against the chosen people, the offspring of Abraham. Father, I thank you that you're not done with them. And I ask, Lord, that you would use the Gentiles to provoke the Jews to jealousy. Lord, let us not be the, the reason that the Jewish people turn from the Messiah, but let us be the reason that they see him because of our support, because of our love for them, and because we are calling them to righteousness and to see him for who he is. And Father, I pray for all the sin in Israel. I pray for all the, the pride in Israel. Father, I pray for all of the 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 evil done in Israel. Lord, there are so many things in Israel, Lord, in the Holy Land that is not holy. So many defilements. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would come, Lord, and open the eyes of the blind so that they may see you, that the sinners may repent, that their hardness of heart may be softened, that they may see you for who you are, Father. I pray, Lord, for you, Lord, to come with your spirit, Lord. And bring about spiritual gift, bring about an outpouring of your spirit as you did in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2, where there was speaking in tongues. I pray that speaking in tongues would occur, Father, that the nations, all the nations that you want to bring in, that they would hear the gospel in their native language. Hallelujah. That they would see you 
for who you are and that just as 3,000 were baptized that day because of that outpouring of the Spirit, that we would see many, many, many thousands more baptized. Father, that through something, through a miracle, through all of these this chaos, that you would bring about a miracle of baptisms, of salvations, that Lord, that even in the midst of war, there would be baptism, that even in the midst of war, there would be speaking in tongues, there would be prophecies, there will be supernatural healing, that even in the midst of war, O Lord, that there would be dreams and visions, Lord, that there would be interpretations of tongues, that there would be Father, wisdom, divine wisdom, gifts of wisdom, gifts of words of knowledge. Father, that you would send out anointed vessels in the midst of the the, the difficult wartime situations to bring words of peace, hands of peace, salvation. Lord, that you would raise up people to go into hospitals and, and be hands of healing. That you would raise up people, Father, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would convict hearts and put heaviness on hearts to not just be to not point the finger and just be uh, ac- accusatory, but that they would go as servants and serve and love. Father, even when uh, even when our enemies have done evil, Lord, help us to give them a drink of water so we may put burning coals on their heads so they may be ashamed. Father, I pray, Lord, that you those who are being persecuted, that they would turn the, the other cheek and so that they persecutors may see Yeshua on them, that they may see the love of Christ because of the humility and because of the 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 turning of the cheek, Father, that you put in our hearts. Father, I pray, Lord, that that even when pe- if people are, are murdered, Lord, that the others would be saved, that salvation would come about in the midst of difficulty. That you, Lord, what the enemy meant for evil, what the enemy has tried to do, the attacks of the enemy that he has tried to bring about, that that would be turned around and bring about salvation to the Jewish people and to Gentiles alike. We pray all of this in the name of Yeshua. Brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Please share this message far and wide so that there may be intercession made Because that's what we as believers need to do in a time like this. Please join me this weekend. In a day or two, we're going to release another video talking more about this. And we're going to go through a lot of scripture, seeing more about what the Bible says regarding Israel and who Israel is, the land of Israel and how we as believers should respond to Israel. So if you have questions about any of that, please stay for that video coming out this weekend. And I'll see you there. Many, many blessings and shalom.